Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Uh, At this time, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 10. We're going to jump into today's service. Mark chapter 10. You guys enjoying this weather? It's so nice. We were, uh, and um, I'm done with that heat. (laughs) I'm glad that they turned off the heater and uh, put the air conditioning on because it felt so good. We were in Florida and I was like, like trying to pack for Florida, you know, because here it was like 90 degrees before we left. And so I looked on the thing and it said like 50s and like 60s and I was like, what the heck? Florida's tripping. So I didn't know like what to take. So I took like shorts and sweaters. I was like in between, but it was like beautiful weather. We had a great time uh, just going through all the different parks and and we just had a blast. Uh, My feet were, I needed a vacation from the vacation because just walking was like, I was done. Man, so much walking. But Mark chapter 10, verse 50, I'll stop ranting. Mark chapter 10. We'll start reading at 46, actually. It says this. Now they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then they warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called, and they called, him, they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, you have been called. And he threw aside his garments, rose, and came to Jesus. This is awesome. We're going to break down some of the things that happen here. But I love that scripture that says he took off his garments, arose, and came to Jesus. He took off what was his uh, social norm, or, or what identified him. He tore it, took it off of him, and came to Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your involvement in our lives. And I declare today is all about you. That we set aside circumstances and situations that would keep us from you. And today, we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. I declare that you have free reign throughout this service to move up and down every single aisle to touch, heal, and deliver, Lord. It's all about you, Father. I declare that you would speak through my lips, that you would think through my mind, that it would be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, You ever, like, uh, go on YouTube and and you're watching something and then you just get caught up and you, you go down the hole and you find yourself watching something completely different? Like I was watching about cars, about the, the new Cybertruck. I don't know if anybody saw it. Uh, the Tesla truck. I was trying to get Pastor to go in with me and, and get one. Like, hey, all I got to do is $100. Like, all we can do have. And he was like, no. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> trying to get that matte black truck. It's, like, it's really cool. Um, I even talked to Alina about it. And she was like, no. I was like, dang. Taj, let's go on it. Yeah, Taj is all about it. Um, so I was watching the cars. I was watching videos on that. And then I ended up on monkeys. Really weird. I don't know how it happens, the algorithm of YouTube, but it's weird. But do you know that there's a difference between apes and monkeys? What's the difference? Y'all don't know the difference. (laughs) The difference is that monkeys have tails and apes don't. That's the big difference. 
<laughs> Someone said it back there. The difference between monkeys and apes. Monkeys have tails and apes don't. Monkeys are a lot larger and they have bigger brains and they're smarter. But one of the things that I thought was interesting that monkeys don't have, ta- have tails except for one species. And that's a Japanese snow monkey. They're the only ones that don't have tails, and they're white, and they have red faces. Well, they have a tail, but it's about the size, a little bit smaller than a human finger. And the reason that they don't have tails is because over time they have adapted to the surroundings that they're in. Because their tails were long, and because they're in snow and freezing below temperature weather, their, their tails would get stuck, and then they would die. So over time, they adapted to their surroundings, and now they no longer have tails. Isn't that crazy? Interesting, right? Um, growing up, I had a... Uh, I didn't really like the character. I'm into Marvel. You know, like Marvel's really big right now and, and Avengers and all that kind of stuff. There was one character that I liked and it wasn't like my favorite, and his name was the Daredevil. And he was called the Daredevil because he was blind, but he could fight crime and he was like a hero and he would do all these crazy jumps and stuff. See, people thought that he was blind so he couldn't do anything, but they didn't realize that his handicap was, was actually his greatest ability. See, because he was blind, he had these, like, sonar-type ears where everything, any kind of small breathing, anything, created a, a vibration throughout his whole existence. Wherever he was, he could see better than those who could actually see with their eyes. He adapted to his downfall, almost. Mark chapter 10 says, says this. Mark chapter 10 talks about a blind man who sat on the side of a road. We see this, this, this picture of a blind man. You know, in Scripture, when there's healings that happen, we usually don't get the name of the person. They don't talk about the guy's name. They usually just talk about what happened because the real meaning to the story or the real meat behind it is behind the person. It's not really about the person, but it's about the, the, the miracle that happened. So they don't really give out the name. But in this story, they do. And they say that his name is Blind Bartimaeus. Son of Timaeus. So why is this interesting? Here's why it's interesting. Because this guy had a purpose. This guy, his family was someone well known. You could say they were like aristocrats. They, 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 they had high class. So they made mention of his name. But something was wrong with Barnabas. You ever feel like your, your, your uh, position contradicts your situation? Like, like, your position in life, like, I should be further along, but, but this thing in my life keeps messing me up. Like, everything could be going right, but you got one thing wrong. Like, this broken part of his life now dictate everything around him. See, because he was blind, he couldn't get a job, so that affected his financial status. Because he was blind, he was now an outcast of society, meaning that he wasn't in a relationship, he couldn't have a family. And because he was blind, the only job that he could do was become a beggar. That meant that he lived out on the streets. So this one thing, although he was meant for greatness, although he had all the things going right, this one thing now dictated his life. I mean, I know that there's some of us in here that feel like that. Like, man, I got, I got so many things right. I got so many things going for me. But that one thing... I just got this one thing I just can't get over. It just keeps pulling me back. Like, God, I, I want to stop doing this. Or I, I got to stop that. 
And you do for a while. You're doing good. And then sometimes you just you mess up and you immediately go back to that one thing. It takes over your existence. John 10, I mean, sorry, Mark 10, 46 says this. And the crowd passed by. And the multitude passed by blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus. And they passed by on the road as he was begging. Now this is interesting, meaning that the thing that held him back, his, his, his uh, brokenness of his eyes, meant that he sat by and he could not watch the people, but he heard the people go by. So he understood, he, he could hear and he remembered sounds. You, you, you know how, how hard it is? Uh, um, um, I was trying to uh, just sit in silence last night and just try to like not lose concentration and just focus. And it's so hard. There's so many sounds, so many things going on. Like it's so easy to get distracted. Imagine you're blind and you're sitting down on, the, on, the, on, the, uh, on a, uh, maybe the side of a building and you're listening as people go by. And this is your livelihood. This is all that you do day in, day out. You sit there and you, you do your thing. And you start to hear these rumblings of things. And you start to hear about this guy named Jesus, afar off, who's not in your area, but he's afar off. And you hear that he's doing these, these really weird things. Like, like he healed this, 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 uh, this woman who had an issue of blood. For many years, he healed her. And then he raised the daughter of some other person who she was, die, she was dying, and he raised her up. And you start to hear all these things, and you begin to think, man, if I could just get a hold of that guy. But how can I? Because I'm stuck here. You ever been like in life where you feel like you're stuck in sand and, and you're in the proximity of things going on, but you just can't get your own thing going on? Like, like you're, you're, you're stuck in this position. You're, you're in the proximity of life happening, but all you could do is listen. You can't participate. Like, like man, if I could just... If I could just get a break, if I could just get a leg up, maybe if I can just get a little further in life, things would start to happen, things would start to click, and I could hear life going by, but I just can't get it. I didn't have enough education. I didn't grow up on the right side of the street. I, I just, if I could just, but all I can do is hear it. I can see, you almost get bitter almost. Like, I, like, if, like if I can't do it, if I'm not doing it, I don't want to see or hear of anybody else doing it. I get in this mood where, man, if somebody else is succeeding, I, I used to be happy for you, but now I'm almost bitter. Like, man, I wish it was me. Why can't it be me? Because I got this one thing that's holding me back, and I just, I can't see. I can't get past where I am. We get stuck in a rut. You ever had a dream where you're running? And it's so hard to run. You feel like, like in your mind, you know, like, man, I run a lot faster than this. <laughs> but in your dream, you're just running and you're going nowhere. Have you ever felt like that in life? Like I'm running and I'm just not getting anywhere? Like, like if I'm running in sand, I'm just being drugged down. And I just can't. Blind Barnabas, that was him. 
He could hear things happening. He could hear the bustling streets. He could hear people making deals. He could hear families going by, sons and daughters and mothers and, and fathers. He could, he, he could hear family go by, but he couldn't participate. Because of this one thing in his life that was holding him back. You know, maybe you're not blind physically, but a lot of us have blindness spiritually or emotionally. Or some, this one thing is just holding me back. If I could just get this thing out of my life, I could do so much more. I know, God, if I could just do this one thing. I got a blind spot. Uh, you know, I, I, I drive my mom's car, and I, I hate it because it's got these blind spots. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm used to big cars, but when I get in her car, I feel super vulnerable and, and just like out there in the world, like I'm not safe. Because she's got this little car, and there's blind spots that I'm not used to. Did you know that 840,000 blind spot accidents happen a year? My mom takes up like 10 of those. Just hitting stuff. Just pop, pop. She, she thinks she's playing bumper cars. You laugh, but it's, it's real. It's, yeah, it's on a scooter, yeah. <laughs> this, this torment that he feels, it's, it's no longer just the condition. It, he has this condition where he can't see, but that's no longer the torment. He's gotten past that. Now the torment is listening to other people live their lives that he'll never be able to live. Sometimes the torment in our lives isn't the thing that, that holds us back anymore because we're used to that. We've accepted that as part of who we are. Now the torment is seeing someone else do better than what we think we know that we can do. Like, man, I know I could do that. I know I could be great. I know I could be a better employee. I know I could be a better manager than that. I know I could be a better this. I know I can be a better that. But there's this one thing that is just holding me back from everything I know God has called me to be. Now, Blind Bartimaeus had to adapt like the snow monkey. And he had to understand that if I'm going to survive in a society that shuns me, if I'm going to survive in a society that doesn't want me really here, I need to learn some tools of the trade. I, I need to have everything to, to help me do the best that I can in a crappy situation. It kind of reminds me of John when it talks about and highlights the man at the pool of Bethesda, where he sat there for many years and never was the better, but he had to adapt to a bad situation that he had. So he had his mat and he had all these things. And he was trying to make himself as comfortable he could in a hard situation. Blind Bartimaeus would have had to do the exact same thing. He would have had to learn how to beg the best. Uh, he would have had to learn to pull on the heartstrings of people passing by so that someone could possibly give him something to make him feel some kind of a value. He had to have... Tools of the trade. Uh, I'm asked, Jimmy's going to be my helper today. So Jimmy, come on out, give Jimmy a hand. This is Jimmy. This is, Jimmy's an awesome guy. Go ahead and just, actually just throw this on over your, over? yeah, you can take that one off if you want. Ooh, go ahead. All right, throw this one on. That's good. Just sit down right here. And then, yeah, yeah, it's good. Go ahead and grab a seat. So Jimmy's going to be our, our blind Barnabas today, and, and he's, 
He's living on the streets here. So I don't want to mess up your hair. It looks really good. Okay. So he had to get a good begging coat because people had to be sympathetic with his situation. So he had to look the part. He, he had to, I mean, he was the part. He lived on the streets. He was blind. So he had to look like, man, this guy is down and out. This guy needs some help. One, he's, he's living on the streets. He, he can't see. So he had to have a coat. He had to have a coat that, that uh, uh, showed on the outside how he felt on the inside. It was an outward representation of an inward brokenness. It was visible. You could see it right away. As soon as you were walking by, you could tell that this, there's something wrong with this person. That, that, that this person, is, there's a brokenness to him. He's on the streets for a reason. So as they walked by, they can tell that there's something different about this guy. He had to have the tools of the trade. So he had his coat, and he had his cup. Now the cup was to help him in the the hopes that someone would put something of value that would add to the valueless life that he had. That, That he would hope that someone would put something of value into his cup to make him feel what he doesn't feel on the inside. Like, ah, oh, God, if I, if I could just get someone to put some value into my life. Because I deem my life valueless. I, I don't have any value in my life. I feel broken. I got this one thing that has taken over my life. I don't know how I can get any further than this. I don't know how I could make better, make this life better. I can hear things going by. I can hear the greatness of things going on. I can hear people laughing and having a great time, families living their lives. But I'm stuck on the corner with this coat and this cup that is now my identity. I'm no longer just blind Barnabas. I am this coat and this cup. My hope lives in this coat. And this cup. This is who I am now. My, my, my family. Yes, I'm the son of Timaeus, but now I'm just the beggar. I'm the blind beggar. I have nothing to my value to my life. But he hears about this man. He hears about this man afar off. See, sometimes our, our what we, we have left after we feel broken is all God needs to multiply our lives. Amen. See, because scripture said that son of Timaeus sat by the roadside and when he had heard, in verse 47, and when he had heard that Jesus was passing by, how beautiful is this? That he didn't need eyes at the time. He, he didn't need to anything else but to hear. My Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That if I can just be in the the area just to get a glimpse, I don't need to see it. If I can just hear faith, if I can just hear that my Jesus will heal, if I can just hear these words, that's all I need. I don't need anything else. All I can need to do is hear. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, faith is, is uh, hope develops from faith. Pastor, you just say that faith, what does it say? He says this, I want to make sure it's right. 
Hope is the architectural design of faith in God. See, all I need to do is hear. If I can just hear. See, he didn't see Jesus. He didn't know what he looked like. He didn't care about what he looked like. It didn't matter. I just need to hear that it's Jesus coming. And I love, I love how he says here. It says this. He heard, and he says in verse 47, Then he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, and he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. See, everybody knew Jesus as Jesus of Nazareth. Or, or, or the son of, of, of Mary and Joseph. Everybody referred to him as the carpenter's son. But Barnabas referred to him, Jesus, son of David. See, he didn't address him in the physical form. He addressed him in his kingship. He, he addressed him through the prophetic word that was given to David in 2 Kings and 2 Samuel. See, there's a word that came to David and, and the, the, by, uh, by Nathan. And he says, out of your loins will come a king whose kingdom will never end. I will be his father and he shall be my son. See, he was talking to his kingship, his rulership, his messiahship. He didn't need a man. He needed a God. See, many men came by his life. Many uh, scribes and, and Sadducees and Pharisees came by. They probably put something in his cup. But he didn't need any of that. He needed a Messiah. He needed a relationship. He needed a touch from God. Amen. And it didn't come because he could see. It came because he heard. Amen. We get too caught up on our natural, what we don't have. We get to this pity party of what I don't have. I don't have this, God, if I could just get this. But God's saying, what do you have? Your miracle isn't going to come because of the things you lost. It's because it comes to the things you do have. I'm going to take what you have to multiply what you've lost. He said, I don't need your eyes. I need you to hear. He begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Has there ever been a time in your life where you're going to cry out to God and you're not saying, Jesus, son of Mary. Jesus, son of Joseph. I need the Messiah. I need the king. I don't need the man. I need that prophetic word. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it said that they tried to shut him up. They told him to be quiet, to keep your mouth shut. You're a beggar. You don't belong here. And he said he got even louder. He got even louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't care who saw him. He didn't care who tried to silence him. In this moment, he heard that the Messiah was passing by. It didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter who was there. Because he heard his Messiah was in town. See, there's some times in our lives where we create these 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 coats and cups in our lives to hold us back from pursuing everything that God has for us. But if you can just hear the footsteps of the Messiah coming down, if you can just hear the word that he's given to you, 
if you can just focus on that, that God, I, I don't see all the things that you've told me. Yeah, but I told you this, and you heard that word. You heard that prophetic word that said that I'll be there for you. I'll bless you coming in, and I'll bless you going out. I am your healer. I wipe away every tear. I am these things. See, he heard of a man who healed the sick, raised the dead, forgave sins. And he said, that must be the Messiah. That must be that prophet that the prophet was talking about, that son of David. I need him in my life. I don't even need to see him. I just got to hear the footsteps. And as he sat there, he focused and he heard the, the bustling crowd go by and people saying, oh, that's that Jesus. That's him right there. There he is right there. And he didn't need to know where he was. He just needed to start screaming. Sometimes we need to get to a place in our lives where we no longer can just stay silent, but we got to yell with, a, with, with an indignation on the inside. Jesus, have mercy on me. I need you in my life. I can't do this without you. I got this one thing that I just can't get past. I've tried, I've tried my best, but Jesus, have mercy on me. And sometimes people close to you, your family members, your friends will try to silence you. Hey, you know, you need to calm down with all that. You're getting a little too out there. You're a little too radical. You're trying to be Christian, Christian. Like you. Like you, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the coat and the cup that I've been carrying. This this weight that I can no longer carry. You don't know that I've had this blind spot in my life that I've tried to get done, that I've tried to let go of, that I've tried to get past, but I just can't do it. See, you don't know the pain that I feel every night when I go to bed. So you're going to tell me to be quiet when I feel hear the footsteps of my Jesus coming by, and I can't be quiet no more. I've been quiet long enough. Now I need to start screaming. Now I need to get crazy. Now, now, now I need to make a fool of myself because I don't care if I'm making a fool in front of you because I'm, I'm crying out to my Father. I'm crying out to my Messiah, to my King, my Lord. See, I don't need the man the way you have him. I need my Messiah. Amen. See, you've been in my life all this time and you just let me have this blind spot. You didn't help me get any better. See, Jesus... A lot of people were calling on him. It said the multitude was following him. Hey, Jesus, yeah, Jesus here, yeah. They were all there for the man. But Jesus heard someone calling on his messiahship, on his kingship. And it stopped him in his steps. It says he stood still. It means he stopped moving forward. He got the attention of God. Not because he looked pretty. Not because he had everything going right. Not because he had everything looking good on the outside like he played the part. Because he cried out to the Messiah. He cried out in faith. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it says Jesus stood still. And called him to himself. And those around him then began to rejoice. Hey, Jesus is calling you. Come on up. Y'all two-faced snakes like, dude. 
<laughs> First, you're going to try to stop me. Then you're going to try to tell me to rejoice. I love that Jesus made the people who were talking about him. Hey, you go get him and bring him to me now. I love it when Jesus makes our enemy our footstool. I just like it. I just think it's cool. When Jesus was like, yo, and you know the disciples were there too, so they were the ones trying to shut him up. The people who God had, so Christians, try to shut other Christians up. Like, oh, you, you think you saved now? You think you all good? I remember you used to be. I remember what you used to do. Christians be the first ones to cut you. For real. They'll, they'll, they'll be it. Barnabas is calling out to Jesus and the disciples and those who are followers of Jesus are like, hey, shut up. Shh. You're just a beggar. Be quiet. Don't bother the, the Messiah. Don't, 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 don't bother. We're trying to get to somewhere. We're trying to get to lunch. But Jesus stands still and calls him to himself. And what does Barnabas do? This is beautiful. This is the most amazing part of the story. It says this. And they warned him to be quiet. And he cried out all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called him and said to him, be of good cheer. He has called you. And this is it right here. This is what we got to catch. He threw aside his garments and he arose and came to Jesus. He understood that once I can get the attention of Jesus, once I can get called by the Messiah, I will no longer need what holds me back. I can now relinquish all these things that are weighing me down. This blind spot that I have, I'm about to get rid of it. I don't need it no more. I don't need the jacket. I don't need these tools of the trade no more. I'm going to leave them exactly where I am. So he let his cup fall. He took off his jacket. He took off his, his coat. He said, I don't need this life. I'm leaving this life. Why? Because my Messiah has called on me. It wasn't about the man that was passing by. He called the Messiah. He called the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He said, I need my Messiah. He has mercy on me. I'm not perfect. I don't got it all going right. I don't have everything together, but I got the attention of my God. Go ahead, give, give uh, Jimmy a hand. See, he had to let go of some things to move forward. And that's the issue is that we hold on to the things that hold us back and we try to move forward. And God's saying, I need you to let it go. I need you to trust fully in me, understanding that I can't take you where you want to go or where I need you to go while you're holding on to your past. I need you to forgive the people that have hurt you. Because you holding on to that resentment, that hurt, is doing more to you than it is to them. I need you to let it go. I can't fix your blind spot while you're holding on to your blind spot. He had to take off his outer garments so that he can move forward with everything that God had to do. See, blind Barnabas, his focus for his entire life was on what he didn't have. But this moment, something changed. Because now he focused on what he did have, which was his ears. He heard the Messiah was coming. And Jesus is so awesome, like I said, he does not determine our miracle based on what we've lost but what we have left. And he'll take what we have 
to multiply what we've lost. Our God is so good. He's so merciful. He's so amazing. But we need to just call on him. Father, have mercy on me. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've done wrong. I know I've got these things going on, but have mercy on me. I need you in my life. I I don't need just a a Sunday relationship and a Wednesday relationship. I need an every single day relationship. I need everything. I need everything. I need everything from you, Father. Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads as we shut down today's service. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.